The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. Six people were nominated this week to a task force to establish a civilian review board in Richmond. But as Roberta Roldan reports, the slate of candidates, which includes two former police officers, drew immediate criticism. The Civilian Review Board will be expected to investigate allegations of police misconduct. The task force will decide how the board should be set up. Two of the six people nominated, John Dixon III and Charlene Hinton, had decades-long careers in law enforcement. Councilmember Mike Jones says if their nominations are approved, he thinks it could hurt public trust. I believe what council must be about Uh, And even the administration is about restoring the public trust. And I don't know if those two names will help garner that support. Jones says he plans to offer alternative names for the task force. Councilmember Kim Gray nominated Dixon. He's a former police chief in Petersburg who was fired amid a corruption scandal in 2016. Gray says she thinks he'll bring a valuable perspective. I think that there's a lot to be understood about the job and what it entails and the training. Richmond City Council is expected to take a final vote on the nominations November 9th. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. On Thursday, VCU Health announced that the health system has hired its first director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Marcel Wilson-Davis has more than 20 years of experience in inclusive leadership and promoting equity in organizations. Officials say she'll perform a variety of duties, like setting diversity goals and supporting the recruitment of leaders and team members from underrepresented groups. Davis's appointment is part of VCU Health's diversity, equity, and inclusion plan that aims to create a more inclusive environment within the health system. Yesterday, Mayor LeVar Stoney announced the launch of the Richmond Resilience Initiative. It's a two-year pilot with 18 local families. Each will receive a monthly stipend of $500 to supplement their current income. The mayor says the initiative will address what he calls a system-wide blind spot, where families make too much money to qualify for federal benefits, but too little to make a living wage. $500 can be the difference between staying sheltered or losing your home. The program is funded by the Federal CARES Act and the Richmond-based Robbins Foundation. Richmond is one of 25 cities piloting similar programs across the country. The coronavirus has forced widespread changes to how Virginia votes this year. Election officials say those changes will extend to results. As Patrick Larson reports, that means some races may take longer than normal to call. Official election results have never been available on Election Day in Virginia. That much won't change. But this year, complete unofficial results won't be available for some time either. Registrars in Virginia are accepting mailed absentee ballots up until November 6th. Some expect to receive thousands in that time and could be counting into the weekend. Races with wide margins will still likely be called quickly, while presidential results will largely depend on the speed of other states. But contentious local races could see delays as ballots continue to come in. Full vote counts in Virginia are due November 10th. Official results will be certified by the Board of Elections on the 16th. Patrick Larson, VPM News. A poll released yesterday by VCU's Wilder School of Government and Public Affairs shows Democrat Joe Biden maintaining a double-digit lead over President Donald Trump. Charles Fishburne reports. The poll puts Biden up by 12 at 51.39 and shows little movement from Wilder polls conducted in July and September. 
Same story with the Senate race. Incumbent Democrat Mark Warner maintains a 17-point lead over his Republican challenger, Daniel Gade. Research director Farrah Stone says the numbers reflect a shift they've seen over the past 12 years in Virginia, that the Commonwealth is less a purple state and more blue. As to the 2020 presidential race, Stone says half of the Biden voters said their vote is as much anti-Trump as it is pro-Biden. Charles Fishburne, VPM News. Chesterfield County's substance abuse program was recently awarded more than $1 million in federal grant money. The funds will support helping addicts recover progressively, also called HARP, to distribute resources to those struggling from addiction. The grant was part of an award granted to agencies and nonprofit organizations in the eastern part of the state last week. HARP uses therapeutic, medical, and educational approaches to offer people struggling from addiction tools toward recovery. The Richmond Tree Commission will be giving away 10,000 eastern redbud seedlings over the next three weekends for the city's celebration of Arbor Day. Cherie Shannon, director of nonprofit Southside Relief, says South Richmond has little tree cover, which means little protection on dangerously hot days. And a lot of that has to do with um, systemic issues, racism, and redlining. Shannon says there's support throughout the city this year to target efforts in South Richmond. Giveaways are Fridays and Saturdays for the next three weeks. More info on pickup locations and times can be found on reforestrichmond.org. The Tree Commission is also seeking volunteers and more giveaway locations. Many migrant farm workers are preparing to head back home following a turbulent harvest season in Virginia due to the pandemic. In collaboration with the Virginia Center for Investigative Journalism, Alan Rodriguez Espinosa checked in to see how they fared. Giovanni Miranda Garcia has been picking apples at Turkey Knob Growers in Rockingham County for three years, but this year he hesitated. With COVID-19 cases continuing to rise in the region, his family in Durango, Mexico, wondered if the 50-hour bus ride would be worth the risk. I was a bit scared because there were a lot of differences between the safety protocols in Mexico and in the United States. Mexico's response to the coronavirus has been strict. Masks were mandatory, and in some cases, not wearing one in public meant paying a fine. His family was so worried about the close quarters on the bus, his grandmother even arranged for him to have his own car to travel. But Miranda Garcia says not coming to Virginia was never an option. I always thought of coming. It didn't matter the situation in the United States because it's a great opportunity that you can't waste. Over the summer, Governor Ralph Northam proposed emergency safety guidelines for farm workers that required employers to integrate social distancing and provide masks, along with other protective measures. But the version the state ended up approving stripped many of those protections, and the guidelines don't apply in the workers' living quarters. Activists say these gaps left workers vulnerable while putting Virginia's food chain at risk. More than 700 poultry workers tested positive for COVID-19 earlier this year in outbreaks at Tyson Foods and Purdue Farms on the eastern shore. To this day, more than 1,100 poultry workers have contracted the virus statewide, and 10 have died. About half of Virginia's migrant workers are on temporary work visas, and many are undocumented, which makes them more vulnerable because they fear seeking medical care or rarely have insurance. Oscar Fajardo Mar left Veracruz, Mexico in January to pick tomatoes in the eastern shore. Thankfully, no one here has gotten sick. We're doing everything well. Hopefully this will all end soon because we want to have our social life back and for work, which we urgently need. Fajardo Mar says workers live in large housing units, each divided into four rooms, with 11 people per room. The units also have shared kitchens and bathrooms. 
He says workers are not allowed to leave without supervision and can't have visitors. The idea is that since we're all already isolated, we're safe. There's rules in place before we get onto the bus. We have to use hand sanitizer and use a face mask at all times. Fajardo Mar says farms this year have cut their losses, planting less and spacing out workers' shifts to every other day to ensure physical distancing. But workers are generally paid by what they pick, and when there's less to pick, there's less pay. The pandemic has really hit us where it hurts most, because if we don't work, then we don't have anything, and it's harder on us. Still, Fajardo Mar says coming to Virginia has been worth it. Back in Mexico, he has a 15-year-old daughter and a wife who recently fell ill and was hospitalized. He says thanks to his farm work, his wife is still alive. I can't say I have a new car or a new house or new land like I hear many of my friends talk about. I spend a lot of money on my wife. Every week she has a blood transfusion, so all the money I make here goes to the doctors and all those things. Angel Hernandez is another worker that traveled from Veracruz to pick tomatoes in the eastern shore. He says it's his company's safety protocols that have kept him and his co-workers healthy. The more we take care of each other, the quicker we'll be out of this. I don't think I'm the only one that wants to go out and get some fresh air and see other places. So let's help each other and work hard to make it out together, because I'm in this too since I'm here with you. More than 10,000 migrant farm workers came to Virginia this year to work at over 250 farms and orchards, according to the state's Employment Commission. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, VPM News. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.